0: So good morning. Uh, My name is Suzanne Vogel. I'm the lead pastor of both our Meredith Drive and our Bridge campus and we're really so glad to have you with us this morning. You know, I was reading a study this last week. When we click on a video to watch it, if it takes longer than two seconds to load, 50% of us move on to something else. I mean, think about that for just a second. One two. If it takes longer than that, we're out. Now, I know some of you are guilty of this. I have this problem, quite frankly. And you know what? If it takes five seconds, we're down to only two out of 10 people will actually watch the video. Now, I I say that because I think it becomes really clear. We hate waiting as a culture. I hate waiting, which is a real problem because today the fruit of the Spirit that we're focusing on is patience. You know, we've been for the last couple of weeks talking about these fruits of the Spirit, the things that are produced in our life when we follow God and we reject or we uh, say no to the impulses of our self. And this is one of those fruits that when I realized I was up to preach, I was like, seriously, God, really? Now I want to remind you, our core verse for this series is Galatians 5, 22 through 28. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law." Now, it's clear that there's no law against them. But one of the realities I think we have to talk about this morning is that they aren't natural. These things aren't easy. I mean, you think about it. Right now, we uh, value not having any wait time. We love things like video on demand. And frankly, we've grown so accustomed to two-day shipping that if it's even a day longer, then we're annoyed. And that, friends, was pre-COVID. These days, my favorite meme is this one, right? Lord, give me patience, because if you give me strength, I'm going to need bail money. Now, this morning, I think it's important for us to talk about what patience is, what it's not, and what does it mean to live in patience, to have patience uh, exude from us and come out of us. So I wanna start by telling you a little bit about the word patience. Now, in this particular verse, um, you'll remember that the Bible wasn't written in English. It was written originally in Greek. And Greek is one of those languages that has uh, various words for different English words. And the word here in Galatians 6, or Galatians 5 actually, is macrothumos. Macrothumos. it's a joint word, and it means, macro means uh, far away, distant, or remote, and thumos means anger, or heat, or boiling over. Uh, A more literal translation of it would be long anger, or long suffering, actually. So the word picture for this is, I want you to imagine, you know, those old-time cartoons where you've got a bomb and a big fuse, The image of patience, of long anger, is of a bomb that has an extraordinarily long fuse. It doesn't mean it never goes off, but it has a really, really long distance between us and that sensation of boiling over, of getting angry. And so I thought it might be helpful to think a little bit about what biblical patience is because this is one of those virtues that well frankly can seem kind of wishy-washy but i think if you look at it more closely what the bible describes as patient is something very different now the first thing i want you to notice about biblical patience is that it's very very active See, growing up, I think my picture of patience was of this very serene, maybe angelic person who didn't move and didn't speak and wasn't ever ruffled. But James describes patience very differently than that. If you have a Bible, you can flip to James 5, 7 and 8, or you can just follow along. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too be patient and stand firm. Now, one of the things I love about this passage is that the image of patience that's given is that of a farmer. And if you think farmers are passive, then you've never met a farmer. My grandfather was a farmer and was one of the hardest working people I have ever known. And one of thing that any good farmer will tell you is that if all you do is plant the seed and then you do nothing, well, you aren't going to get a crop, period. Farming, yes, it involves waiting. There is time between when the seed is planted and the harvest comes, and there are things that the farmer cannot control. However, there are a ton of things farmers must do to get that crop. They have to water. They have to uh, weed. They have to uh, fertilize and cultivate the ground. Farmers are very, very active even as they wait. And I think that's a helpful picture for patients because, again, we have this picture that patience is somehow um, this place where we don't do anything. You know, one of my favorite parables that Jesus teaches is found in Luke 18. It's the parable or a story of a widow who is uh, charged unjustly. And so she decides to go to the judge in the town who is unjust and ask for his ruling. Now, in my opinion, if it were us today and the two-second rule applied, we'd ask once. If the judge doesn't give it, we'd be like, okay, we're out. But this widow, the parable says, she goes back day after day after day after day. And that's the picture of biblical patience. It's not sitting around with your hands tied. It's actually actively cultivating the things that you're waiting for. And so uh, I think biblical patience involves hope, determination, and faith that things ultimately will change if we continue to be active. Um, So I think this has a couple practical implications. Part of what it means to be patient is to intercede. It's to pray. That's one of the most active things we can do. But the other thing we can do is we can ask what are the changes we want to see, the changes we are impatient to see, and then ask what are the things we can control in that to help bring along the fruit that we want to see. So the first thing I think is that biblical patience is active. Now, the next point is one that honestly surprised me. Biblical patience is limited. It is not unlimited. You know, when God described in the Old Testament, his character, Moses asked him, who are you? And God described himself to Moses this way. He passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness. Now you heard it again, right? There's the slow anger, the faraway anger. But if you remember, if you were listening closely, when I talked about that fuse, the fuse is long, but eventually it comes to an end. In fact, Isaiah 64, 5 describes uh, the fact that God becomes angry eventually when we continue in rebellion. Now, see, I think that's important because oftentimes we think patience means there are never consequences, that there's never a line where we say no more. And yet, if you think about that kind of patience well then there can't be justice and there can't actually be deep love because it would allow it's like God becomes a puppy dog who just licks your face while chaos happens biblical patience does have an ending point it does have boundaries because the goal of patience is actually change God's kindness his patience is intended to produce repentance in us and so the, the reality is that patience has limits, and it imposes consequences. Now, I, I think if you maybe have experience as a parent, you intuitively might get this. Because we know, right, that patience doesn't mean you never discipline. I remember one time my son and a friend of his, when they were about Four, let's be clear—it's not yesterday. Uh, we're playing in a guest bedroom, and I went in and I saw their uh, little bodies underneath the covers of our queen bed, and I could hear giggling. And I thought, "Oh, that's fun!" And so I thought, "I'll whip back the covers to see what they're doing." And uh, those boys had uh, permanent markers, and they were drawing a racetrack underneath the covers. Now. Biblical patience doesn't mean that I laughed that off and said, oh, no big deal, right? Because if I do that, then I basically teach them permanent markers on furniture is a good thing. But biblical patience meant I didn't kill them in that moment, right? It meant I chose carefully to respond when I was calm and to impose discipline that actually was produced out of love and so i think that's a helpful reality for us to think about patience does not mean that we never ever ever act or impose consequences now let's talk practically again what does that mean for practical realities um i think what it means is that practically speaking we have to remember that god's anger is different than our anger god's anger uh always has love and holiness mixed into it. Uh, Our anger often is uh, impulsive, it's violent. And so uh, we can't just say that, well, well, okay, because God gets angry, we can get angry. Um, We have to actually, the Bible says, be angry but not sin. And so I think we need to recognize that we have to be patient way longer than we think we need to. Um, And so if you are in a situation with a person that you are thinking, you know what? I think it's time for some limits. I think it's time for some consequences. I would encourage you. Okay. Pray about it. Wait longer than you think because we're probably always going to err on the side of moving too fast. Pray about it. Get counsel, get help. And then it may be time to set biblical limits with your patients. The other thing I think that's practical that we need to think about when it, we think about patience that includes limits is that patience can end, but love should not. You know, one of the most famous chapters of the Bible in 1 Corinthians 13, right? We hear it all the time at weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. Um, but at the end, it says love never ends. God absolutely draws boundaries and draws consequences. But God always stays in and invites repentance and stays in a relationship that does so out of love. So biblical patience, it is active, it has limits. And then I want you to think about the idea that biblical patience is fueled externally. Now, once again, I think this is one of those places where at least I often think that if I want to become more patient, I just need to try harder. And somehow in the trying harder, I end up actually more impatient, right? Because I'm trying to just inside of myself create more patience. And I don't know about you, but that just does not work for me. And I actually think it's not supposed to work. See, I love this passage in James. James 1:19 says, My dear sisters and brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. There's our slow anger concept again. And you'll notice there that he puts three things in sequence. You're slow to anger equates to being slow to speak. Equates to being quick to listen. I think that one of the ways we can cultivate patience, particularly with other people, is to get into their story, to listen carefully, to set aside what we, uh, our agenda, our presuppositions, and then really listen well to where they are, to do things like assuming the best. Let me give you an example of this. Just this week, I was uh, having one of those days. I have a lot of those days right now. Maybe you do too. And I was running uh, fast and I wanted to just get in and out of the grocery store. I mean, is it that hard? And yet it is always that hard. It feels like the faster I go, the slower I get. And so I was impatient. I was in line. And uh, all I could think was of all the things I needed to do and all of the ways I needed to get going. And I, was, I found myself really irritable with the person in front of me. And I'll be honest, at that point, I didn't even see the person in front of me. I just was aware they were not moving. There was a human being in front of me that was not moving. And then as I worked to slow myself down, right? To not say the things that were on the tip of my tongue and to listen, I started to pay attention and started to uh, ask God to show me the people in front of me. And then I became aware of a cashier who looked really worn out. And it became clear they were new and flustered and trying to figure things out. And then my attention and my gaze shifted to the woman in front of me. And I became really clear she looked harried and she looked stressed. And then she, I started to hear the conversation she and the cashier were having. And she started, she was talking about her husband being in the hospital and it was clear she was incredibly distracted. And all of a sudden, by getting out of myself, by being quick to listen and slow to speak all of a sudden i found myself way more patient for the moment i think that's part of what the scripture talks about when it says listen pay attention to things like people like job the patience of job right we need the perspective of getting outside our own story and even I think at times being inspired by the stories of others, others who are walking through difficult places, who are working to be patient, and that patience is one of those things that is caught even as it's lived. The other person I think, the other source we need to go to for uh, a deeper well of patience really is God himself. First, Colossians 1, says it this way, We are being strengthened with all God's power according to his glorious might so that we can have great endurance and patience. You know, one of the realities of the fruits of the Spirit is that fruit is produced as it's connected to the vine. And one of the ways that I think we experience patience is by connecting to the God who is patient with us. To reflect on the God who bore our sin, who endured all kinds of suffering. As I work to get connected through worship, through reading, um, through reading my Bible, through prayer, through walking outside and connecting with the God of nature, what I begin to realize is that God is trustworthy and God loves me. And God is at work and God sees a vast picture that I can't see. And that he is at work in ways that I can't imagine. And he's doing things and moving in such a way that I'm invited to trust him and to be patient. Corey ten Boone had a saying, When the train goes through a tunnel and the world gets dark, do we jump off? No. We sit still and trust the engineer. Now, I know that for some of us, patience doesn't come naturally. But here's the good news patience can be learned, it can be grown. It can be uh, cultivated in our lives, like all of these fruits of the Spirit. And the beautiful part is that the Bible says patience produces wonderful fruit in us when we let it. See, patience, when we exercise it, produces perseverance. And then, as Paul said, perseverance produces hope. And that hope, that's grounded in God and not in our circumstances, and in the confidence that the Spirit is at work and there's active things we can do to bring the kingdom, well, that that never disappoints. Let's pray. God, we come to you today aware of how short our fuses are aware that our patience is running thin as a culture, that we long for change in others and in our circumstances, and we want things to move. And so God, would you give us your perspective? Would you teach us how to be active in bringing your kingdom and cultivating the things we long for in our relationships and in our city and in our neighborhoods? Would you slow us down and show us when we need to keep being patient and when there need to be consequences? Would you fix our eyes on you and on the stories of those around you to cultivate within us a patience that produces hope? a hope that does not disappoint. And all God's people said, Amen.